a legend in South America, a legendary proportion. You're going to see more movement in this wrestling match than you've seen a minute musical Are you there? Yes, I'm here. You're with me on this thing. I'm here. Okay. You have lost it. Lost what? Your mind. You got the wrong bicycle show. Hulk Hogan is bigger than the sport of professional wrestling. Oh, right around. Get to me. Right around you. Yes, and right. Oh, no. Everything tonight has been ruined. I don't know if I want to talk about the monkey or the grinder. You don't want to open it and slap this? It's a big word. It's a big one. I know Eric Bischoff, and y'all know Eric Bischoff. What are you smiling about? This isn't a funny situation you've gotten myself into. You know why? You want to know why? I just went back to the toilet to relieve myself. Hello, Nitromaniacs, and welcome to another worked, shoot-filled episode of the Nitromania podcast. My name is Adam, I'm your host, and I swear to you, I don't actually work for the Rundown Wrestling Network. I just asked for five minutes of mic time to say my piece, and here we are. This is the 60th edition of the Nitromania podcast. Can you believe it? Meaning, y'all motherfuckers owe me some diamonds. Last time on the show, Henry Huge Pex, the suplex-throwing human duplex, joined me to recap Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc and the next night's Nitro, and Sal showed up out of nowhere for free food and ended up just staying for a couple hours. Havoc was pretty dang good, if I do say so. Nitro, not so much. They're quite insistent that Roddy Piper doesn't actually work for WCW. Hogan's promo on Nitro was not that interesting, and they told us that the NWO want control of Nitro, the entire show. Also, there was no Macho Man, and Pennywise Sting showed his face a couple times, the latter of which cost Lex Luger a match because he just couldn't not chase after his former friend who's now an evil clown. This week on the show, I have no earthly idea, so let's just, uh, let's just get into it. It is Monday, November 4th, 1996, and we are live from the Van Andel Arena in Grand Rapids, Michigan. This is our first visit to the arena, and from everything I can tell, the first wrestling show to emanate from here, since it's only been open for about a month at this point. WCW was the only company to televise from here until they went out of business when WWE started running the building. After tonight, however, we won't be back here for a little over two years. And so, Grand Rapids, Furniture City, home of Gerald Ford, vacuum cleaners, and pyramid schemes, welcomes you, as does Tony Schiavone at the top of his lungs. Pennywise Sting stares down from some catwalk way up high. Meanwhile, the giant stares at Sting from the crowd. Tony and Larry are at the desk tonight, and they are sitting behind a championship belt I've never seen before. Tony tells us that this is the WCW Ladies Championship, and tonight begins a tournament to crown the first ever champion. They, they have enough ladies for that? Tony says Eric is not here tonight. He is out trying to court Roddy Piper to come in for a match against Hollywood Hogan. Larry then makes some weird analogy about gas prices. Boy, and what a set of events it has. You know, Tony, in the 1970s when gasoline was 35 cents a gallon, they made everybody line up and ration it because they said it was a big shortage. Of course, now 20 years later, when it's $1.30 a gallon, there's plenty for everybody and you people don't mind paying the price. It's manipulation through intimidation. The same concoction the New World Order is using to spread paranoia. Problem for Hollywood Hogan is Rowdy Roddy Piper isn't here for WCW, and he's not caught up in the paranoia. Okay, sure. Does, does Larry think the NWO controls gas prices? 
Also, did you notice he actually said New World Order instead of New World Odor? Anyway, your opening contest this evening is Brad Armstrong with his super patriotic jacket versus Marcus Bagwell with Scotty Riggs. They give us all the clap. There's quite a bit of clapping, actually, and quite a bit of ground-based offense as we go to our first break. When we come back, however, things heat up quickly as Marcus gets frustrated and just straight-up slaps Brad across the face. Tony then starts talking about World War III and says the winner of the 60-man three-ring battle royal will get the first shot at Hollywood Hogan's heavyweight title. Does Tony know what the word first means? They must have a screen for the crowd tonight as the camera cuts to the giant and Ted DiBiase in the crowd again, and the fans around them start jumping around and waving. They then leave. The giant and Ted, that is, not the fans. I notice that tonight the ring has alternating red and blue corners. Red turnbuckle corner covers in two opposite corners, blue in the other two opposite corners. Isn't Nitro usually all red? Bagwell gets the victory with a running crossbody, and we basically just go straight to break. We don't even get replays. Back to the Van Andel Arena, which Tony has already name-dropped at least five times tonight, and enter DDP. His opponent is Ice Train, so I'm assuming Nick Patrick is your referee here, so that his awesome feud with Teddy Long can continue. Ice Train enters with, like, a, a towel or something oddly draped over his It's like a hood, but his head doesn't fit. I don't know. It's, you just go back and look at it. It's weird. Uh, the outsiders appear in the crowd with their tag belts. Tony clarifies that we are looking live here, just in case you thought maybe this was a clip from last week or something. At one point, DDP gets kicked out onto Nick Patrick, and this is funny, apparently. Anyway, we get the standard Nick Patrick stuff here. Ow, my neck, I can't count. Then Ice Train clotheslines DDP over the top to the outside, and the outsiders run in and attack him with the title belts. He literally no sells this and then ddp uh eats uh hits him with the diamond cutter for three yeah. this saturday night hacksaw versus regal french canada versus harlem and ray mysterio fights for the cruiserweight title up next a match to determine who mysterio will face on saturday as scotty riggs faces dean malenko for the cruiserweight title during riggs entrance we get a standard crowd shot people cheering but in the crowd is this one dude in a suit and tie who is just sitting there smiling and looking around who is this time traveler and where did he come from Tony tells us that Dean will be defending his cruiserweight title against Psychosis at World War III, uh, if Dean is still the cruiserweight champion by World War III, but we'll see what happens between now and then. We start the match with some good technical wrestling and some nice hard-hitting spots, and then Six appears in the crowd. I'm sensing a theme here. Uh, he leads the NWO picketers through the crowd, which, again, I'm sure the fans behind the signs absolutely fucking love. Scotty goes up top, Malenko hits the ropes, and Scotty very dramatically loses his balance and falls to the floor. Bagwell throws his partner back in the ring to get pinned, and Dean Malenko is still your WCW Cruiserweight Champion. Do I sense the seeds of dissension amongst the ranks of the American males? American males? American males? American males? We go back to last week for clips from Benoit versus Guerrero and Mongo hitting Eddie in the legitimately injured ribs with a briefcase. Tonight, Hector Guerrero tries to redeem the Guerrero family name against Chris Benoit. Thankfully, as the match begins, we get a Goldman box from Jimmy Hart and Kevin Sullivan. Benoit, you said that the Taskmaster's not the man that he used to be. Well, I promise you this, in Baltimore, Maryland, on November the 23rd, you're going to find out what kind of man he really is. Benoit, you getting your information from the same place I am? 
Is it infatuation? Do you really want them? Well, I'll tell you what. In Baltimore, I'm going to give it to you. You can have it. The easy way or the hard way. I'll see you up in the bathroom in Baltimore. Did, did Sullivan say, I'll see you in the bathroom in Baltimore? Are they going to have another Falls Count Anywhere match? Is there going to be another lady? There's the lady and the man in the bathroom. We get a mid-match ad break for the NWO t-shirt. We come back as Benoit hits a kitchen sink on Guerrero and Guerrero sells it like a small child throwing a temper tantrum. Tony Schiavone then uses the word potty on national television. So when that match happens in Baltimore, that may be a good time to either go to the potty or the concession stand because it's going to leave the ring, I can guarantee you that. The potty? Thank you. That's... You understood that, didn't you? Into the rock. I didn't believe I heard it, but and I understood it. So basically what he's saying is that at World War III, Benoit versus Sullivan will be the piss break match. Nice, Tony. Good job. Benoit continues to work the gut of Hector as the dynamite appears. We completely cut away from the in-ring action to watch Pyro on the stage as Tony welcomes us to Hour 2 and welcomes in Bobby the Brain Heenan. Awkward finish as Hector does what Tony calls a Kiwi roll. Benoit kicks out on his own, but Woman still reaches into the ring to pull Hector's hair. He stares at her. Benoit rolls him up, putting his legs on the middle rope at three. Benoit says, hasta la vista, Guerreros, as he leaves. And yes, Hector is just as bad as his nephew, Chavo Jr., at defending the family name. Also, Benoit exits to the horseman music despite entering to his own music. We go back to last week for Ricky Morton submitting to the figure four at the hands of Jeff Jarrett and then the Giant making fun of Jeff Jarrett. They play Giant's entire promo from last week for some reason. We go to Mongo, Benoit, Jarrett, and the ladies on the stage with Tanae. Jarrett calls himself the leader of the horsemen, and then both Mongo and Benoit step in to talk about people claiming to be things they aren't. They leave. Jarrett goes back to talking. Sting is in the balcony, and Jarrett just fucking rambles just like he did last week as we stare at sting's weird face and the dude behind him cheering who has an entirely buzzed head except for his bangs Jarrett finishes rambling sting leaves and we go to break to the desk where they continue to talk about piper and hogan then the 1-800 collect on the road report from st petersburg florida it's short and sweet and no one takes their shirt off Enter Reina Hubuki, the first of eight competitors in the eight-woman tournament for the WCW Ladies Championship mentioned earlier. It's funny that I don't remember there being a WCW Ladies Championship. Hmm. Her opponent is American Gladiator Medusa, who is obviously winning here. Also, it turns out that not even the women are safe from WCW's random Luchador of the Week gimmick, as it turns out that Reina Hubuki is just Akira Hokuto under a mask. Hubuki attacks before the bell as commentary makes jokes about her outfit. During the match, a woman we've never seen before walks down the ramp, and Tanae says, Now we know who this is. No, we don't, Mike. We've never seen this woman before. Apparently her name is Zero. Sonny Ono then cuts a promo to camera about stupid Americans, basically. Reina falls to a bridging German suplex, and Medusa moves on to the second round. Also, the replay of this German suplex shows Hubuki's shoulders clearly up on the three-count. Enter Mr. Wall Street after the break. His opponent tonight is Chris Jericho. Jericho wins with a small package following an uneventful match. He celebrates like he just won the world title. Does Jericho even have a finisher at this point? 
Tanae is in the aisle with Nick Patrick and his scumbag lawyer. Jericho cuts in, and then Teddy Long appears to talk about what happened earlier. This is still awful. Vincent and Ted are in the crowd. Please, please go to commercial. Please, please. We are reminded that Lex Luger lost by countout last week because he's a dum-dum, so tonight we have a rematch. As Luger enters, someone just throws a shirt at him. Literally. Luger gets a Goldman box as the match begins. He begs for just one minute of Sting's time, presumably so he can sell him some Amway or something. Colonel Parker then appears out of nowhere to molest Sister Sherry. He causes a distraction, and Luger rolls up Booker for the win. We're promised Bischoff when we come back. Eric is on the phone. He has no news to report. Seriously. Bischoff blames Piper's agents and attorneys as the reason they don't have a match signed. They then send us back to Halloween Havoc for a glimpse at Hogan's oh shit face when Piper came out. We also see the Brooklyn Brawler clone who followed Piper out. He is still unidentified. Then they replay the promo. Well, most of it. We still haven't gotten the complete footage that they promised last week. Enter Hogan. He complains about not being invited to the Cable Ace Awards. Seriously. The Cable Ace Awards. He spends a good ten minutes talking about how Ted Turner got invited to the Cable Ace Awards, but not Hulk Hogan. Fucking Rayleigh. He then promotes Santa with muscles again. And then, you know it. Hogan's got a pose, brother. This episode of Nitro wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. The matches were all right. We got more Nick Patrick's lawyer, unfortunately, and it seems like the only feud they actually progressed on the show tonight was Nick Patrick and Teddy Long. If you watch anything tonight, I would say maybe Benoit versus Hector Guerrero. That match was decent. Over on Cage Match, this episode has a 4.57 out of 10 and brought in a TV rating of 3.4. Meanwhile, over on the USA Network, we are two weeks old from Fort Wayne, Indiana, with Monday Night Raw, episode 183. Kevin Kelly is live outside Brian Pillman's home. They keep saying that Pillman's house is in suburban Cincinnati, while the screen shows Walton, Kentucky. Walton, Kentucky, according to Google Maps, is over 20 miles away from Cincinnati. Does that even count as a suburb? I don't think it does. On the phone, Steve Austin threatens to beat the hell out of everyone at Pillman's house. Goldust and the Stalker fight to a double disqualification. The Undertaker talks to Mankind at a house show on the Big Bang Boom Tour, despite the Raw set being very clearly visible during that footage. Kevin Kelly interviews Brian Pillman from his home that looks like a TV set. Pillman's got a gun. Pillman's got a gun. Sid defeats Marlena in the Karate Fighters Holiday Tournament, then Steve Austin beats up Pillman's friends in Pillman's front yard. This is where we get the shot of Steve trying to drown a guy in a kiddie pool. Why there is a filled kiddie pool in Pillman's yard at maybe half past eight at night, who knows. The Sultan then beats Alex the Pug Porto with the camel clutch. Steve Austin breaks into Pillman's house and maybe gets shot. Then a face-to-face -face between Sid and Shawn Michaels. Sid swears immediately. This ultimately breaks down into a brawl, as is tradition, then a commercial for Full Metal, the album. Then back to Static from Kentucky, director Kerwin Silfies is on the phone to talk around whether or not there were actual gunshots. Razor Ramon pins Mark Marrow. We go back to Kentucky, finally, where Kevin Kelly confirms that no one was shot and that Austin left, but then Austin comes back and there's more chaos, and that's how we go off the air. 
On Cage Match, this episode of Raw has a 5.77 out of 10 and a TV rating of 2.3. This is a classic episode of Raw for, I don't want to say all the wrong reasons, but for some very specific, quite controversial reasons. Uh, There's shock value, and then there's Pillman's Got a Gun, but... And again, this isn't a podcast about Monday Night Raw, so let's move on. Elsewhere on November 4th, 1996, it was the 42nd birthday of the NSA, so thanks for listening, boys and girls. We appreciate it. Let's return to the present so I can tell you to catch me this Saturday at Pinkerton Academy in Derry, New Hampshire, as Liberty States Wrestling, Ring of Honor wrestler, the mauler Brian Malonis, and the Pinkerton Academy class of 2019 present Astromania. All kinds of great matches on the card for that show, plus special guest, the real Ring of Honor world champion Matt Taven will be in attendance as well. Be sure to vote every day in our hottest woman in WWE tournament at rundownwrestling.com. Become a patron at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. And if you haven't been to the Patreon in a while, head on over there and check out all the new rewards and reward levels we have for you. Send me your feedback via email nitromaniapod at gmail.com or on Twitter at nitromaniapod. And I will talk at you next time right here on Nitromania. Pull up your socks and get ready.